You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. We have some exciting news. On December 21st, Talking Taiwan won a Golden Crane Podcast Award. We are so honored to have been recognized for our work and to have been nominated alongside so many other amazing podcasts. Now it's our turn to recognize all of our wonderful guests who make what we do possible. This award is also for you. I'm looking forward to revealing the top five Talking Taiwan episodes for 2021. Let's start with number five, episode 127, Eric Chang on China's breach of Taiwan's air defense identification zone, threat or bluff. The incursion of 25 Chinese aircraft into Taiwan's air defense identification zone on April 12th of this year was such a cause for concern at the time that we decided to do an episode on the incident. Traditionally, the, what China used to do is they would send planes to circumnavigate Taiwan, mm-hmm. right? So they would, you know, maybe fly north of Taiwan, you know, flying through uh, the Diaoyutai Islands, mm-hmm. you know, flying through Japan's mm-hmm. ADIZ, mm-hmm. and then they would circle around, you know, or, the, or they would go south and, you know, mm-hmm. circle north. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, that was how the, the PLA, uh, People's Liberation Army, this is China's army, um, would harass Taiwan. And mm-hmm. it, they didn't used to do ADIZ uh, intrusions very much. Mm-hmm. And Taiwan also previously didn't make these public because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to uh, put undue fear onto Taiwanese citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want to, you know, because part of the reason China does this, obviously, is, you know, mental, psychological, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, psychological threats, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to just wear down Taiwanese people mm-hmm. um, politically mm-hmm. and, you know, through these types of actions. But then recently, you know, uh, last year, you know, they really ramped up their intrusions. So these basically coincided with uh, Trump sending, I guess we can say it first started when Trump sent the health health czar, mm-hmm. Alex Azar, mm-hmm. out here. Alex Azar was the highest ranking cabinet level official to visit Taiwan um, since diplomatic relations were severed in 1979. After that happened, they started, they sent a lot of planes over. Eric talked about the strategy and motivation behind China's incursion into Taiwan's ADIZ and mentioned that Taiwan's National Ministry of Defense published real-time updates of military activity around its borders. Here's an important update since the alarming incursion of 25 Chinese aircraft in April. In October, China broke that record by sending double the number of aircraft, 56 to be precise, into Taiwan's ADIZ. On to number four of our top five, episode 145, The Golden Age of Taiwan Studies, our interview with University of London's Dr. David Feld. We're in a golden age of Taiwan studies mm-hmm. uh, because of the way the, the field is developing. We also have, now have an international journal of Taiwan studies that one of my friends is editing, and I'm, I help a little bit on that uh, journal. And of course, we've run the three world congresses of Taiwan studies, with two held in Taiwan and, and one held uh, in London. So I think there have never been so many active Taiwan centers in Europe. If you could think about it, there was nothing when I came back in 1999. Now we have something like 12 or 13 active programs. Of course, some programs will come and go. So, for example, programs at Oxford and Cambridge have appeared and then disappeared. Uh, some, uh, like Bochum, emerged, went quiet, and now are active again. So um, 
I would say it's it's a great time for doing Taiwan studies, particularly out in Europe. I, I'm really quite excited about the state of the field. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I was thinking about before we had this interview, I recall、um, one of my friends who I won't mention where she graduated from, but she did some kind of dissertation related to Taiwan, probably about 20 years ago or so, and she had a really hard time with her advisor because her advisor really didn't understand Taiwan because at the university she went to, typically there isn't like a Taiwan studies or a Taiwan specialist.、Uh, a lot of the advisors or、um, academics will be more China focused. So it was interesting for me to reflect on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's often a challenge. I think that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of American scholars quite enjoy coming over to Europe. That kind of sense of community that we've been able to build up over the last couple of decades, I think, is really quite exciting. Maybe because Taiwan studies in Europe is a little bit newer than the US, so it's been maybe easier for us to kind of concentrate us and bring us all together. While in the US, you kind of have a longer history of Taiwan studies. I mean.、Um, I think we're still. I'm still very excited about Taiwan studies in the U.S., and I think maybe we can touch upon that a little bit later. This was a fascinating episode that delved into the field of Taiwan studies and how it's changed in the last 20 years. I also interviewed Dr. David Feld about his book Taiwan's Green Parties and Alternative Politics in Taiwan in episode 144. Number three of our top five is episode 156, Remembering Subing. Taiwanese revolutionary with Jio Chang. Jio talked about how he first met Subing in 2005. It was not that long after China had passed the anti-secession law, which was a legal threat if Taiwan were to declare independence. The law basically stated that the PRC would use non-peaceful means to stop Taiwan's secession from China. In protest, Subing began a sit-in at the front entrance of the National Taiwan University. 2004, 2005, I think. Yeah, this was 2005. Anti-secessional.、Uh-huh. Yeah. So Subing, Ojisang, he was, he was, he was,、uh, he he sort of started this sitting in front of the University of Taiwan University, ah,、uh, University of Taiwan, <laughs> Taiwan University, National yeah, Taiwan, National University. Taiwan yeah, yeah. University. Yeah. So, in yeah, so, 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 yeah. So,、uh, he started this sitting in front of the campus. I think for the re for for the very reason he he wanted to sort of get a new audience as well, like he wanted to、uh, you know appeal to the younger generation of which is why he picked the university.、Students. Yes,、mm-hmm. so so and and there I was I I was studying in, at the at the that school at the time, so I saw him,、mm-hmm. and I remember it was、uh, one night at. About seven eight p.m.、Mm-hmm. I was I, I just finished I just I just finished、uh, my dinner. I was going back to my dorm, and I was riding my、uh, motorcycle. I just passed、mm-hmm. by him. He was sitting on the side of the road、yeah. with all this uh, other uh, uh, very hot-blooded,、uh, you know,、uh, people, <laughs> and I thought. Okay, I could、uh, pretend that I I am not seeing this and just go back to my dorm and prepare for my class for tomorrow and、right. not think about it, or I could stop and join them. And then I ask myself, well, would I still be thinking about this if I just go back to the, my dorm now? And can I? Could I? 
could I just not care about this? Could I just yeah. not, you know, not yeah. not bother myself with it after mm-hmm. I just I, after I dish all this and go back? Su Bing was 86 years old at the time, and Jio reflected on his impression of Su Bing at the time. So 7 a.m. to like 12 p.m. Right. That's 17、right. hours a day. Right. right. He only got up to、uh, for bathrooms、yeah. and for lunch and dinner.、Mm-hmm. Nothing else. He will be sitting、yeah. there like a like a Buddha. Okay. <laughs> so, so two things. One, I remember one day it was 11 p.m. 11:50 some. P.M. like fifty eight, fifty seven, something, and and everybody, everybody was already packing. Nobody was around, and we were ready to go. And and he was still sitting there. And I was asking Ming Hong, the his his assist,、uh, assistant secretary, I asked her, what is his what is he still doing? And she said, well, there's still one minute. You know, they stood one minute he,、uh, until till twelve, right? So、yeah. and he wouldn't get up until twelve, <laughs> until midnight. That's how sort of punctual this this、dedicated. man was,、yeah. right? He's very dedicated and sort of very highly self-disciplined. There were many lighter moments during this episode of Geo. This episode is definitely worth a listen for those interested in learning more about the personal side of Subing. And now for a short break. Breaking news. We're proud to say that Talking Taiwan is now a 2021 Golden Crane Award-winning podcast. Talking Taiwan is a Golden Crane Award-winning podcast and the longest-running Taiwan-related podcast. We are dedicated to bringing you stories connected to Taiwan and Taiwan's global community. Help us to grow and continue producing engaging content by making a contribution on Patreon at patreon.com/talkingtaiwan. We're past the halfway point now. The episode in the number two spot is definitely a winner. It secured Talking Taiwan the Golden Crane Podcast Award. Special thanks to Michael Turton, our guest in episode 138, Biking in Taiwan with blogger Michael Turton. I was 45 when I started biking, so、mm-hmm. I will always be stocky, Sally.、Mm-hmm. And over the years,、uh, people would read my blog and they'd say, "Hey, I want to go on a bike ride with you." And I gathered all these interesting people who took me to all sorts of fantastic places and knew amazing things about Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. So, I'm, for example, I'm biking with Drew Kerslake, and Drew wrote Andrew Kerslake, who's also a long-term resident, and he's his sort of hobby slash professional interest is Taiwan Aborigines.、Mm-hmm. And he wrote the award-winning wiki page on the Taiwan Aborigines, and he follows all of the scholarly stuff. And、mm-hmm. uh, you know, we would go biking, and then I remember the first or second time I was biking with him, we crawling up this hill in Miaoli, and he stops and starts reading the bike stop signs. I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing that?" And he says, "Well, a lot of times the you know the KMT overlaid this area with a with a with you know KMT names, right?"、Mm-hmm. But the old, but the bus stop signs preserve the old names for the local oh, areas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and a lot of those old names have Aboriginal roots, right?、Oh. And that's part of, and so that's one of the things that Drew would teach me as we drove around. Hey, see、mm-hmm. that sign? Jiuxia, old town, right?、Mm-hmm. Old city, old village.、Mm-hmm. And he'd say, yeah, that used to be the old, the site of an Aboriginal village. Thank you for sharing your wonderful storytelling with us, Michael.、Mm-hmm. 
All right. Are you ready for the number one episode of Talking Taiwan for 2021? Drum roll, please. Our number one Talking Taiwan episode of 2021 is episode 149. Jio Chang, city councilman, talks about his career in Taiwan politics. Jio shared how he immigrated to Canada in 1994 and how the 1995-96 missile crisis in the Taiwan Strait, which happened around the time of Taiwan's first direct presidential election, got him thinking about Taiwan's situation. And 10 years later, he chose to move back to Taiwan. By 2015, I was already uh, working as a speechwriter for the okay. president's uh, running uh, for the presidential candidate. Tsai Ing-wen, oh, who was okay. running for the president, mm-hmm. and uh, by 16 and 17, I was I was uh, working in the presidential office mm-hmm. as one of the speechwriters, uh, the speechwriting mm-hmm. team. And after that, I resigned uh, from my post as a speechwriter, yeah. and I came back to Keelong and ran mm-hmm. for the city council election. In uh, 2018, I was elected. So, this is my current position right now. I'm right. a city councilor. For the mm-hmm. uh, for the Keong city, which by the way, uh, is one of the smaller cities. So mm. uh, in Taiwan municipal governance, there are the six big cities: Taipei, Kaohsiung, you know, New Taipei City, and Tongcheong. Those are like big cities with yes. large budgets. Uh, yeah. But my city Keong is the smaller ones. Smaller okay. ones means smaller budget. Smaller everything, much lower salary, and, oh. and and all that. We are, by the way, we we are calling from a a basement. Uh, oh of, wow! I'm, I'm I'm working in a basement office. Oh, so uh, yeah. The, good thing we still have a window that has sun that comes in. So yeah. right. What was it like to get elected? What is it like campaigning for your position? Uh, what was it like? It was it was, it was tough. Very tough. Gio talked about the nature of his work and the demands it put upon him. You have to be everywhere. Like for a city councilor, they expect anyone with a public office. They want you to be very close to the people. So you have to be everywhere. Like for an average day, you will be out in the sun, in the in the temples, and in, in the in the mountains, on in the markets, like all oh. the time. They I want see. you. They need you to be there. They want you to be there. If you are not there, then you are too proud. Wow. They, yeah. That, that's so you really need to be on the ground. You have to. Yeah. yeah like all the time, you have to be on the ground, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and also that can compromise your capacity to uh, to think. It's very demanding. Yeah. It's when it's physically demanding. Yes. It's also mentally demanding. Yes. So yeah. political campaigning is is very much physical. Wow! You know, you are out there all the time, and smaller constituency like mine, yeah, requires you to be even more out there. For mm. example, if you're running in the Taipei City, mm-hmm. you you never see most of your voters. Mm. They will see you on TV and right. on, but right. you will not see them. Well, because of the sheer numbers. Yeah, the yeah. sheer numbers and the, the people mm-hmm. are in the building. But in smaller constituency like mine, yeah, no, you get to see everyone, and that's a lot of people. If you, yeah. this is just you know thousands of thousands and thousands wow. of people wow. uh, that you see every day, and you have you have to shake their hands and spend time yeah. and listen to mm-hmm. them and 
not judging them and but but offering all that you've got to help them yeah. through mm-hmm. most of the problems that they have the, the most of the demands that they throw at me were not really counselor related stuff it's just personal concerns anything it, 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 yeah. it miscellaneous yeah. things yeah. everything oh, wow. everything uh, relating to the central government yeah. to the yeah. municipal government <laughs> or to any it, it, it could be a street light not working or it could uh-huh. be you know my uh, my husband is running with his girlfriend in a, all this <laughs> all, all the different things that you have yeah. to deal with and yeah. you take them all you don't refuse any request he also spoke about how the pandemic has impacted his work and what's made his work so rewarding. This episode is definitely worth a listen if you're interested in learning more about some of the smaller political parties in Taiwan and what it's like to be a local politician in Taiwan. Talking Taiwan is about the interesting people and stories connected to Taiwan and Taiwan's global community. We've enjoyed producing new episodes for you every week and it's been exciting to see our listenership grow. We look forward to breaking new ground in the new year. For links to the top five episodes of 2021, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. Wishing you a wonderful rest of 2021 and a happy new year. If you enjoyed this episode, go on over to Audible or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. Tell a friend about us or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.